0: glad you're here for this uh, service this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at uh, a few verses this morning. And uh, as you're turning there, we want to talk about Christmas surprises. You know, this Christmas story is full of surprises. Now we don't always like surprises. You know, there's oftentimes we like to know what we're getting, especially children. And I remember one, one evening many years ago, Allison was probably about eight or probably eight and Kyle was six, five. Allison for sure was old enough to know better. And, uh, mom was out of the house that night and, uh, I was watching the kids. We had three at that time. You know, Trevor was less than one probably just, just an infant. So I had my hands full with Trevor. Okay. Well, um, I was watching television that evening. I hadn't heard from the older ones too much and Susan came home and when Susan came home, the The two older ones, Allison and Kyle, came running down the stairs and couldn't wait to talk to their mother, and Kyle blurted out, I know what I'm getting for Christmas. Was Susan thrilled? No. And uh, boy, it it was not a pretty sight, Because what they had found were some of the prizes, the surprises that you know who were going to be bringing on Christmas morning. And the cat was out of the bag. But guess who got in trouble? (laughs) Yeah, I'm the one that got in trouble. Apparently, I wasn't doing my job. But, uh, so that, that Christmas morning turned out to be rather anti-climatic. But, uh, you know, this Christmas story is, is just full of surprises. And the reason why it's full of surprises, it's, it's not the fact that the Messiah was coming, because the Jews, uh, knew that the Messiah was going to come. So that wasn't the surprising thing, but the surprising thing was how the Messiah came because people weren't expre- expecting uh, Jesus, the Messiah, to come in, in this way. And, you know, as I love the Christmas story because as you read the story, there's nothing unintentional. About this story. God knew exactly what he was, he had planned. And even though it was a surprise to everyone else, it wasn't a surprise to God. This is what he intended. And so if you have your Bibles, let's just look briefly at Luke chapter one. And I want to start with verse 26. The Bible says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now the sixth month is based upon uh, Elizabeth being expecting, uh, being pregnant with uh, John the Baptist. And so it was the six months after that announcement that, uh, that Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now for many of you who have been part of this Luke study that we started this summer, this is going to be kind of review for you. But uh, we want to revisit this story. Um, the first surprise of this Christmas story is that Gabriel came to uh, the city of Nazareth in Galilee. Gabriel wasn't sent to Jerusalem. And I'm sure Gabriel was a bit surprised by this, that he would be sent to Nazareth, a no-name place. This Nazareth was about... Um, about 10 acres of land, there maybe have been 100 to 200 people in population in Nazareth. This was a no-name place to a no-name people. Nothing, I mean, Nazareth had, had zero uh, reputation. It had a negative reputation. If you read further in the Gospels, people would ask, what good can come from Nazareth? And this is where the Christmas story begins in Nazareth. He comes, Gabriel comes to a little girl, a little girl between 13 and 15 years of age. who's a virgin. She is going to be the mother of the Christ child, the God of the universe. Mary, someone with no money, no education, no power, no influence. This is whom God's selecting. This is whom God's going to use. Along with Joseph. Joseph is going to be the dad. Jo- Joseph is going to be the adoptive father. But he's a carpenter. He's poor himself. He, he just has peach fuzz on his face. He's young too. And this is whom God is going to use as well. And, and the, you think that when the Messiah is going to come on the scene, that, you know, this is, this story is going to be smooth sailing. You know, things are just going to be wonderful. And as we read the story, it looks like a slow train wreck occurring, doesn't it? I mean, things just get worse. Um, Mary's in the ninth month of her pregnancy. And Lord Caesar decides that he's going to have a census because he wants to know how many are in the Roman Empire so he can know how much money to anticipate, how many taxes to, how much income to receive from taxes. And so everybody goes back to their hometown. And here, Mary, the Virgin Mary, in the ninth month, Probably 13 years old. The last thing she wants to do is travel 70 miles to get to Bethlehem because that's where Joseph's from. Um, I was asking Natalie. Natalie's in her ninth month of pregnancy. And I uh, mentioned to her last week, Natalie, you know, it was about this time last year, uh, 2,000 years ago, that uh, Mary got on a donkey and traveled to Bethlehem. You want to get on a donkey and, and travel to Lone Pine? Because that's about as far as it was from Nazareth to Galilee. And, you know, the road isn't like the road that we have going to Lone Pine. There was no asphalt. It was a, a dirt pebble road. But I told her, you know, I guarantee you that if you get on that donkey and go to Lone Pine, you'll have that baby by the time you get there. (laughs) She didn't think it was such a good idea. But here Mary has to get on this donkey and go to Nazareth. And when she gets there, guess what? God didn't make any reservations you would think that God would have called ahead and made reservations for this couple because after all, the Son of God is about to be born. No, there's no room for Him anywhere. And Jesus is born in a stable. He's laid in a feeding trough. Now, I know that there's a lot of young moms in this service this morning, and I bet not one of them even have a feeding trough in the baby's room. Am I right? Why? It's not very clean, you know. And, you know, there's one song that we sing at Christmas time, The Cattle Are Lowing. There's a cow in the delivery room. This is... This is the scene. This is the story of Christmas. You know what? God is intentional about the whole thing. Why? Because he has a message for all of us of how much he loves us. How much he loves you. The Bible says that when Jesus was born, that... It was first announced to the shepherds. You would think that this amazing story, that the angels would have been sent to Jerusalem, that the angels would, this announcement would have been appeared to the religious elite. But the exact opposite takes place. The angels are sent to the shepherds the marginalized, the ostracized, the ones taking care of the sacrifices for the temple. The men who weren't even allowed to go to the temple and worship with the sacrifices that they were taking care of because their professions were dirty. They weren't allowed into those places of worship because of their uncleanness. This is whom the story comes to. And the message is that the Lamb of God is going to become your sacrifice. I am sending the God of the universe to you. And he is going to die for you. The Christmas story is full Of surprises. And there's some things in these surprises that God wants you to know this morning. That God wants all of us to know. Three things I want to share with you. Number one is this. Jesus understands more than you think. As you read the Christmas story and you look at his beginning and you look at his life, his story... Jesus' message to all of us on this Christmas weekend is that he understands more than you think. Is your life full of problems? Jesus was born into problems. You have financial difficulties this morning? Financial struggles? Jesus was born to poor people. Here he was the Lamb of God. Mom and dad were raising the Lamb of God, and they bring Jesus into the temple, and they can't even afford a lamb for the Lamb of God because they're poor. And all they can afford are two turtle doves for their sacrifice, for their sin. Jesus knows what it's like to financially struggle. You have a hard time getting ahead? You know, you, you, you think that, uh, you know, you're, you're making headway and, and, uh, you're going to see greener pastures and you take one step forward and you go two steps backward. Jesus knows what that's like. He knows what it's like to be laid in a feeding trough. The Bible says, that there was no place for Jesus to lay his head when he was in ministry. You know what that means? Jesus was homeless. Jesus knows. Jesus knows more than you think. Are you here this morning and you feel misunderstood? You say things and people take your words and they take them out of context. Or you're doing the right thing and you're criticized for it? Jesus knows what what that's like. He knows what it's like to be misunderstood, to be criticized for doing the right thing. Do you feel like your family doesn't understand you? They think you're too fanatical in your relationship with God? Jesus knows what that's like. He knows what it's like for a family, his family to have misunderstood him, to have rejected him. Feel lonely this morning? You don't have any friends? Jesus says, I know what that's like. He invested three years of his life into 12 people, and when he needed them most... They abandoned him. Now, it didn't catch him by surprise or catch him off guard. He knew. But Jesus is here this morning, my friend. There's one thing he wants you to know about Christmas, this Christmas. He knows more than you think you know you think he does about you. He knows, he understands. Jesus didn't exempt himself from the bad stuff of life. Why? Because he wanted to know what you and I go through. The Bible says he is our, our he is our sympathetic high priest. We can go to him in confidence, knowing that we're going to receive the grace to help in time of need. Hebrews chapter 4. That's Jesus. And he went all through all that bad stuff so that he could sit down with you. And he could say to you this morning, I understand what you're going through. Second thing he wants you to know about this this Christmas, Jesus cares more than you know. He knows more than you think, but he cares more than you know. You know, you can determine a person's love based on what they're willing to sacrifice for you. You know, I I see that over and over again in my wife's life. When we sit down to dinner, you know, there's sometimes at dinner where we're kind of getting rid of of things that are in the refrigerator and, and the kids are there and I'm there and I'll notice what she serves herself so that others can have enough. That's her heart. That's her nature. And that's just one little sacrifice that communicates to me that she loves. And she puts others ahead of herself. We look at the life of Jesus and we see how much Jesus sacrificed because he cared, because he loved us. The Bible says he left heaven's throne. And was laid in a feeding trough. Philippians chapter 2. You have, um, you have that in your outline this morning, but uh, I want to just read this from the Message Bible. Scripture says, When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. When Jesus came to the earth, he had a tree in mind. But it wasn't the Christmas tree that we decorate this holiday season, this Christmas season. No. He had a cross in mind. Jesus came to this earth to die. And as we look at the life of Jesus, we see how much Jesus cares. And what does Jesus want us to do as a church? He wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to go. He wants us to care. He wants us to be like him. And last night, we had the opportunity to do that. Last night, we went caroling to our neighbors between here and the school to the uh, mobile home parks. I think we went to about 130 or 40 of them last night. And. And I, I want to say thank you to you as a church because uh, you generously gave all those cookies that uh, you prepared. And, and we had uh, a great group of people here yesterday morning to put those gift boxes together. And then we had a larger group last night go out and and we were able to just bless our neighbors. And the very first person, our team, we had seven teams last night. The very first person that we began to sing to was an elderly lady. She was, um, she was a retired pastor's wife. She was emotional last night. She was so grateful that we had come because just the day before, her daughter had had a stroke. And she is in San Joaquin Memorial Hospital, and she doesn't even know how she's doing. A month prior to that, her other daughter passed away. I don't know if her husband's alive, but um, she was grateful, overwhelmed that we had come to just minister to her. And we were able to pray with her. And and, um, that was our first contact. Another team, they were in another area of uh, the the neighborhood and someone came out and said, what are you doing out here? This place is so dangerous. You shouldn't be here. Why did we go? Because Jesus came to the darkest places to show his love, to show us how much he cares. We were safe. I loved seeing the silhouettes last night of uh, another team that was uh, in the other trailer park. And uh, this was all the little ones. And they were just scurrying around, going from one trailer to the next to sing Christmas carols. And Folks, that's what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus went to the marginalized. Jesus went to the poor and said, I've come for you. Do we have the video? Is that video ready to go? No. Okay. I was hoping to show a video of last night, but uh, we'll show that later. But as we look at the sacrifices of Jesus, Jesus wants us to know this morning how much he cares. Those sacrifices tell us that he cares more than we know. And the third thing I want to point out from the Christmas story is this, that we need to know, is that Jesus can do more than you realize. He can do more than you realize. said it earlier. Looking at the Christmas story, God could have sent his son to Jerusalem, a big city, prominent family, you know, why didn't Jesus, why wasn't Jesus born into a family like William and Kate? You know, if, if they were born to a couple like William and Kate, look at the power, look at the influence, look at the resources God would have had at His fingertips. But this is not what God chose to do. He chose to send His Son to a little 13 year old girl who had zero influences. Had Jesus been born into privilege and means, been born at the right time, in the right place, people could have said, look what fate can do. If he had been born into prosperity and wealth and riches, people would have said, look what money can do. If he was born to the right people, people would have said, look what political influence can do. But instead, Jesus was born in a feeding trough, to an impoverished family, to parents, no-name parents, in a no-name place, only to step back and say, now, look what I can do. This is our God. My friend, God doesn't need any extra help. He loves to use unlikely places and unlikely to people to change the world. And he's saying in this Christmas story, look what I can do. This is our God. He loves to stack the deck against himself. Folks, are you at a dead end the Christmas story is for you. He wants you to know this Christmas story that He can do anything. And as we look at the cross, the, look at the cross magnify, it screams what God can do. God took the darkest moment in all of history when Jesus died on that cross and did amazing miracles, the miracle of our salvation in the moment of darkness. This is our God. And this is what God wants to reveal to you this morning. So where does the Christmas surprise begin You want to be surprised this Christmas? You want to see God's activity in your life? It starts with places of weakness and humility. If you're desperate for God this morning, God wants to meet you where you're at. If you have an attitude that, well, I'm just going to kind of suck it up and get through this on my own, my friend, God can't be what he wants to be in your life. And I know that there are some people in this room right now that circumstances are beyond your control and you're scared. And instead of trying to figure it out yourself, I want to encourage you to cry out to God, saying, God, I can't. But you're a God who can. And he may not take away the thorn. He may may not take away the mountain that, that you're facing. But my friend, he's going to help you get through it. And he's going to be right there with you. God is the God of the impossible. And this Christmas he wants you to know that he gets it. That he cares. And that he can. That's the gospel. The Emanuel Baptist Church, we are not ashamed of the gospel. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And that verse isn't just for people who come to faith in Christ for the very first time. Folks, we need the gospel every single day. We need God saving us every single day. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. That's why Jesus came to the earth. He knew that we couldn't save ourselves. He had to come to us and rescue us. How will He rescue you? Number one, Humble yourself. Cry out to him. Ask him for help. Acknowledge your weakness. Put your faith and power, uh, your trust in the God who can. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for the gospel. Thank you for this Christmas story. that is not a story we would have written. It's not a story that we expect. But you had specific intentions about this story that you wrote. Lord, I pray for people who struggle. I pray that this Christmas, Jesus, you would visit them. You would give them the strength and the power of your spirit to get through the mountain that they're facing. God, reveal yourself, reveal your power. I want to pray for Nancy this morning, the lady that we caroled to last night. Lord, her Christmas doesn't look very bright. But I thank you that you used us to go to her last night to remind her that God, that you are there. Show us, Lord, how we can further encourage her this Christmas. Lord, we pray for Christmas Eve service tomorrow night that many of those that we sent invitations out to last night will come and we can be a further blessing to them. Father, visit each one in this service this morning. If you're at the end of yourself this morning, would you call out to him in your weakness? And with a spirit of humility, say, God, I need you. Thank you, Father, for your word for this story. Use it in each of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.